Cheers. Cheers. Uh, we're at the uh, Royal Exchange. Actually, first of all, <laughs> should we start that again? Yes, we should. That's fucked. <laughs> okay, and, and take cheers. two. Cheers. Welcome to DiplomacyGames.com. I am Ambi. I'm Kana. And we are hanging out this time in the Royal Exchange Hotel. Which is in Tuong. 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 That's, yeah, what I, that's what I said. You said two one. That's what I said. Two one. No, you you had, you you kind of accentuated the two. Well, it, and it, the it, one. It's spelled T double O. Yeah, but it's two one. Two one. Yeah, two one. Two one. That's what I said. Yeah, two one. Two one. How do you say that place where they play cricket in Brisbane? Wool and Gabba. Yeah, Wool and Gabba. But or the way the you, but phonetically it would be Wool and Gabba. True. All right, stand corrected. Anyway. anyway, I've got a story about this place. I was oh, here. great! I've got plenty of stories about this place too. <laughs> Oh, I, I remember getting absolutely blotto in here uh, a few years ago at a staff breakup, mm-hmm. and well, that's about it. Vomiting in the back over there. Um, <laughs> but, Why am I not surprised? Place, the, this 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 place gets um it gets, it gets cranking in in the afternoon, in the evenings. Yeah, it gets packed. Because uh, is it still a it's still a uni pub, isn't it? A student pub. Yeah, well, UQ's just down the road. Yeah, really. this is probably the closest public bar to University of Queensland down in St. Lucia. Unless things have radically changed. Like, okay, Unless yes, they they've got... They've, there, they do. They've, yeah. got, they've got the recreation club, the R... The R I don't know, what's it called? Rec, uh, not, yeah, the rec club. Yeah. I assume they have it there. They had it there when I was there 25 years ago, so... Well, this would be the closest public bar. Pub, that's what I said, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But yes, because of being obviously a student bar, um, we're sitting in, like, a area that's got, like fake turf that um, when I I don't know earlier on you probably didn't know so I took my little jandals off or whatever so I could kind of get up to take some photographs which we'll talk about later mm-hmm. yep. and notice how wet the fake grass was so presumably at the end of every night to kind of get rid of all the vomit they just kind of get out of the hose and just hose, hose the whole place down, down. Yeah. <laughs> and even when you walk into this place it has it has that smell of like there's been drinking here there has been heavy drinking here and heavy Yep. Heavy, 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 heavy um... returning of the drink back out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you so, drinking, Andy? I am having a Bailey and Bailey Jump and Jive Shiraz from Regional Victoria. And you know that a wine's going to be pretty ordinary when it's just called Regional something. It doesn't actually even give you a specific location. No. no. But it's actually, I'm surprisingly, it's not bad. I'm, it's okay. It's, not, it's good. It's not, okay. not great, yep. but it's... It's drinkable. Yeah, it's not the usual type of trash. Okay. And I'm drinking a James Squire Swindler. It's a summer ale. Summer ale. Yeah, it's Which quite is, warm um, today, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite warm for uh, what, May. May, early May. So this is like the it's last May last, day. Yeah. Six. Yep. This is the last day of. Sorry, last day. Last month of autumn or the fall, technically. Yeah. I Even mean, though we're both in t-shirt and shorts, so things get pleasant around here around about April, I find. Mm. And they get absolutely horrendous around about mid-November, for heat-wise. No, November's fine. Uh, it starts getting horrid. Oh, it starts getting a little, you get a little bit odd. January and February's always crap. Shitty. Yeah, absolutely horrible. disgusting. Anyway. Yeah, look. Enough of the weather report. Enough of the weather report. Um, we are a diplomacy show. 
and we've got talking of which talking about diplomacy shows because as as many of our listeners know we've kind of always promoted the show primarily in the past as being focused around the online game Correct. And we did say in the last episode that, look, we're increasingly getting more and more involved in that face-to-face scene. You know, we went to our own tournament. We've interviewed yes. plenty of face-to-face players. Yes. Um, and I think it's time, as we discussed in the last episode, to change our logo and change our branding, for lack of a better word, just to being about diplomacy as a whole. Yep. Both the online game and the face-to-face game, seeing that the, the great guys over in Diplomacy cast have obviously not picked, taken up the, the you know, what do they call it? The banner? The pattern? The pattern? That's it. Yep. Um, and they were happy to kind of move on a little bit. Like, even when I saw them in Seattle, they were saying, yeah, now that now that you guys are up and running, we don't need to bother anymore. So. <laughs> and so, so to reflect that, uh, we turned up a little bit earlier to um, get some new photos for the, for the website. So check it out. So you may have noticed, hopefully, if I've got my shit together, the, uh, the logo on the site, the logo in your podcast feeder thing should now be changed to a new look a new look new things going on there new things going on at the website as well so you've got a um and this is to kind of reflect that more face-to-face nature yeah yeah and so i, I went out because i was really impressed by peter mcnamara's rollout map it was a had. beautiful map gorgeous gorgeous yeah. now i don't have there the... were photos of that map i think actually up on the website i posted things with it didn't i or did I, no, should I put us there or one on the twitter feed it was like it showed the map during some of the final positions. Yeah, so it was basically like a heavy-duty canvas that mm. it was printed on. Yeah. Um, now there would have actually cost a fortune. I found out when I went to Officeworks to get my own rolled-out printed map, which is on the which is a photo that is now yep. should be up on the website. Um, so I I just settled for regular canvas actually, um, but I got a larger printed-out map that was actually developed by a community over at. Um, you slash trampoline trampoline bears um, developed think, in 2018 yeah. on, on the diplomacy map um, so we took some photos using that it's a beautiful map I love that map so do it's, I it's, yeah. it is really really nice I, I, I got it larger and I chose that map specifically because it blew up some of the it blew up it made some of those territories larger yep. particularly around Italy and yep. the Balkans which are difficult to understand on the map that's given to you by um, Avalon Hill. and that was the thing so before before when uh, Kana started bringing this out and kind of he, he built me up to it he kind of showed me like a little little A4 map and it's like nah, yeah, that's, hopefully that's not all he's got and then he's kind of got the, the proper uh, Avalon Hill game that he kind of folded out, like the most recent version, and it looks great and it's playable, but I, I agree with him. There were some territories which were just way too small for the stock standard counters. Yeah, to, Rome, that's yeah. a great example. You, the counter kind of covered up all of Rome. Couldn't see what was going on. Couldn't see on. what was going on, yeah. any connections or anything. There's a few places like that. Albania is similar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and then I rolled out the large one, which I bought. So. Yeah, and we're, kind of, we're both kind of just salivating over that one. So it looks, looks fantastic. So to kind of reflect the, the increasingly more face-to-face focus, uh, one thing that we're obviously, we've talked about before, we're really, really keen to kind of get a group up and going in Brisbane. So to help facilitate that, though, I thought, well, let's kind of create a, like a Google map showing where all the face-to-face communities are. Sure. around the world that's a great idea so i kind of had a quick look around like the meetup um groups for diplomacy kind of reached out where i could to you know see if any of those are active unfortunately meetup wasn't working very well so i wasn't getting replies back blah 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 anyway reached out to a couple of face-to-face players 
people well connected got a bit of an idea so I've kind of updated that now and now have um, on diplomacygames.com slash groups okay yeah uh, there we are we've got a proper URL for that one um, we have listed at the moment where you can play face-to-face diplomacy uh, at the moment the only options are Brisbane theoretically in Australia and um, various places in America uh, so look if you're listening to the show and you want us to include your location? Yeah. Either A, you already have an active face-to-face group, or B, you want to create an actual face-to-face group and you want people to kind of know about it and sign up, and I'll talk about that in a moment, some ideas behind that. Um, go to that URL, diplomacygames.com slash groups, and there's a little form, just fill in the details, that comes through to me, and then I kind of add it. Make sure you've got somewhere to for us to link through to, so if it's either a, a proper website or if it's a Facebook page or a meetup group or whatever, yep. so that we can kind of obviously, so when people come to it and they go, oh, great, there's a community in XYZ, they can click on it and they can find out where they can kind of find out more information around that. And who to contact if they want to get more involved. Yeah, so I'm, I'm at the moment money putting down like um, web links because I don't necessarily want to put uh, people's phone numbers or personal details. Yeah, of course. Just because yeah. I don't want it from a, a privacy point of view and don't yep. want, you know, spammers kind of giving them, you know, shit telephone Absolutely. calls Absolutely. and whatever so hey is there a way to differentiate between the two types of groups on the map like uh looking to form and active just by color uh-huh. yeah i could probably do that because like basically with google maps they have like little you know, have your uh, drop down pins so yeah. i could probably just change the color of the drop down pins so i like guess blue looking to form red active and looking for new members kind of thing yeah yeah that's a great yeah. idea yeah, yeah. So because like I, I reached out to the um the dance group and um, you know, yep. and Peter McMurray and a few others kind of replied, saying, "Look, obviously there's a big scene down in Melbourne, but is there like a formal Melbourne group?" And they went, "No, um, we probably should get one together." <laughs> <laughs> so I might kind of add them down there as well as yep, a yep, yep. provider. They kind of you know work out who needs to be con- where's where's someone again we can kind of send people to if they're interested and keen. Speaking of the dance group, we are now updated from the competition yes that we're, we're the uh, so we're up there on intermediate so pat on our backs well done booyah there we go yeah um so on that front can i just talk a little bit about brisbane diplomacy sure that's a great start that's a great and this kind of ties into... into that idea of look if you're keen to start a community and you don't know where and we've talked about this a few times there's been some great interviews again with many players uh, and many people saying, hey, this is what we do to try to get a community going. And yes, you need to put effort in. So don't kind of expect that you need just to put up a website and just hope that Google will find you and that people will find you and it'll work. Yep. So you remember last time, Kata, we talked around the idea of, well, maybe we should do like, I suggest, maybe we should do like some cheapy ads or something like that off Google or Facebook. Yeah, at some point you need to show me how to do that. Or just, just show me where to find the how to do that. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, go on. So, when yeah. I created diplomacygames.com slash groups, I also created a page for diplomacygames.com slash Brisbane, where huh. people can now register their interest if they're keen and okay. want to actually yep. play a game. Right. Good starting point, but again, you're just relying on people magically finding you in Google, which is never going to happen. But sure. what I did do is I created a Facebook advertising campaign targeted on people living within 45 kilometres of the Brisbane CBD okay. who have a interest, obviously they've mentioned it within Facebook, about the game diplomacy. 
and said, yep. I'll spend no more than $2 a day on that and link them through to this particular address. And as okay. a result of that, yep. we have four people who have said, I want to play a game. Uh, no way. Seriously. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So we just need one more person. And I've reached out to the general that we interviewed um, yep. many, many episodes ago and said, hey, would you come along to a game? And he said, yeah, provided it's on a Sunday and you give me enough notice, yeah, I'll be, I'll be able to play. Yes, yes. So, so we've got... We've got, and between you and me, the general and the four other people, we've got enough for a board. And one of those people happens also that happens to be Napoleon of Oz, who plays over in WebDip. Brilliant. Let's do it. So, so it's got to be a Sunday. Probably so, yeah. Sunday, Sunday, unless we get more people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like one of them, I must admit, one of them said, hey, uh, a busy guy has a particular job that's particularly busy. Not that we all not, not saying that other people aren't busy, but he obviously is particularly busy and family and shit like that yes, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. it'll come down to As one of those things cycles and, yeah, 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 of course yeah, yeah. blah 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 yeah. so um, provided we can kind of work out a date and a time I reckon we have a game so we've got well we've got seven people I'm, I'm good pretty much any Sunday but you said you actually have somebody else over on the uh, eastern suburbs of Brisbane who might be keen as well yeah now those guys um, I spoke about this a couple of episodes yeah. ago um those guys are keen on learning how to play They were Warhammer the game. guys, weren't they? Warhammer guys to start off with. Um, but they're keen on just learning more. I, I did one game with them, and they're still very much very green in the sense of not quite understanding how everything works. Yep. Um, so I, I would like to run maybe one more game with those lads uh, down in Cooparoo, which is where they're talking about, which is nearby where you about a, just area, down the road from just me. down the road from you. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll get them together and run another one. If you're going to do that, let me know then, when you want to do it because I can so do so. We can do like, can't you do like promo things there, like to promote that you got an upcoming game and shit? Yeah, so it's, it's actually a game location. Like it's, it's, it's the, the game store apparently loves just all the games, really. Yeah. Um, Brisbane Game Collective, I think it's called. Something like that. Yeah. It's got a, quite a wide. I drive past it a couple of times a week. Got a wide group of um, individuals who are mm. interested. It's not. It's not a male-dominated gaming group, which the, is which is very interesting to me. So the thing. Um, oh, sorry, you keep going. Or yeah. you're, oh, you're having a drink. The thing around this, which I appreciate now from playing down in Melbourne with the face-to-face thing, is how everyone just breaks off into their own little groups, having little conversations. I can just imagine turning up to a place that's dedicated to board gaming where everyone just goes around a table, they have their sequential turns, and they just sit there. And then looking around at all these bloody people that are running around, going off, forming groups, blah, 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 yeah, talking behind their hands. <laughs> yeah. And I can kind of see people going, what the hell is that going? Yeah, I want, I want in. I want into that. Yeah. I want a bit of that, thank you very much. So there might be some interesting things happening on the Brisbane diplomacy scene in the this year. Well, yeah, and like and as as the folks down in Melbourne said, you know, if we can kind of get a bit of a, a bit of a, a scene happening here, probably some of them down there might be inclined to come up. So like if we can get, yep. and, and I must admit, of those people that came through via the Facebook ad, I think about half of them, two, have played before. Excellent, and yep. they know this stuff. Okay. Yep. Um, the other two are like they play, they know about diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they've played other games that are similar to that and they're interested to find out more. So from your point of view about people, obviously the Warhammer guys who haven't, well, have only played one game, that's one yep. game more than these two other people have. 
Oh, yeah, so sure. don't discount yeah. the fact no, no, that... No, 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 I'm not discounting. Uh, they, but however, they would like to um, just have one more shot before they start meeting players well, who have played before, maybe so. it's a case of like... Okay, how about this as an idea? You get your Warhammer guys. Yep. We get these four people signed up via Facebook. Yep. We get like the general who's like only played a couple of online games and didn't do very well. Um, <laughs> they clearly didn't understand the rules. And like maybe we just kind of uh, we're more like the game master type of thing to kind of help facilitate it and get people blooded so, so, in the game. So, so what you're saying is interdisperse the experienced ones between two boards, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. If we get enough more, I mean, like I've only been running that ad for like four, five days. Well, excellent. So okay. I mean, at the moment, it's cost me like five bucks. And it's like that's okay. I'm happy to spend five bucks if it means like we create I mean, five bucks to create a community. Where there was no community before. It's like, honestly, if you, it, guys, guys, listen now. If you if you want to create a face-to-face community, it is so fucking easy to be able to kind of well, do well, this. Well, well, let's not count our chickens before they hatch you, Amby, because, you know, yeah. we've got to make it happen. We've got the interest. Let's Actually, let's, you're right, because we might get a little bit turn and go, <laughs> not turning up. No, or, yeah, which yeah, ties anyway. into, during my holidays, because I actually had, um, I took the 10 days off, you know, between... Uh, Easter yes and just after Anzac Day okay so I had like 10 days off and one time one thing I did is I thought to myself look I've got to finish off the, the, I've already finished off one of the books that, that Kana gave me for Christmas two Christmases ago which the, was the Borders book oh, the Borders book yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 yeah. but I hadn't finished off the <laughs> book around the Playboy Winner's Guide to Board Games by John Freeman. It's got a photo of Diplomacy Board on the front. I know. Oh, I better take a photo of that. There we go. There. <laughs> <laughs> and get your beer in it. Quick, move oh, your beer the, in. There we the go. Beer. Awesome. Click. Done. Um, so this particular game, or so this particular book, it's got like, oh, God knows how many different games in it. I must admit, I've only read the diplomacy section. Yeah, I didn't bother with any of that. And I also read about Machiavelli, which I know is very diplomacy-related. Yep. But there is a large segment here dedicated to diplomacy. And there's a couple of very choice quotes in here I just wanted to read from it. This is, as I said, John Freeman, Playboy Winner's Guide to Board Games. And you know when, hey, this is an old... Freeman. Oh, oh, no, isn't it by John Freeman? Beyond Freeman. Oh, good question. <laughs> okay. okay, so Very it's either by John Freeman or beyond Freeman. <laughs> Maybe but, it's under on the first page. Like it might, might. No, it's beyond Freeman. Oh, it's no, by it's John by. Freeman again. Same, same typeface. <laughs> so, hard, so hard to tell. Okay. This particular book, yes, again, it's old because you, you know it's old because I don't think Playboy makes many books nowadays about playing board games. Yeah, and it's moth bitten and it's been taped up and yep. it's fallen apart. Uh, it was first published in 1975. This was a second reprint in 1979. Sure. Okay. So it's a, it's a little bit old. Now. So a couple years, of couple half of century. Yeah. Yep. Well, not half a century. Ah, it's not 70. Uh, no, no, 40. It's 40 years old. 40, no, yeah, getting excited. Couple okay, of cho- couple on. of choice quotes. Quote: Games and Puzzles, which is a magazine that was published in the UK in the 70s and 80s. Okay. Games and Puzzles called Diplomacy. Quote, so quote within a quote, the greatest indoor board game invented this century. Bravo, yes. Unquote. Certainly, it's a prime contender for the title. Mm. And they kind of set the scene describing what it's like, blah, 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 blah. 
And then they've got another good summary here, I thought, which was, quote, It may be obvious that diplomacy is not a game for everyone. It's definitely a gamer's game. The aficionado finds in its freedom of action, lack of luck, and multiplicity of minds working at cross-purposes the ultimate challenge. Non-fans don't care for its subject matter and deplore the deceit and double-dealing the game necessitates. <laughs> of the people I know, half of them couldn't be pried away from a diplomacy game with a crowbar, and the half, other half couldn't be forced into one with a sawn-off shotgun. <laughs> and I thought that's fantastic. But, and I'm not going to go into any detail on tape around this, because, you know, I think credit what credit's due, by John Freeman or Bjorn Freeman has uh, put a lot of effort into this and talked around the strategies for each of the seven players, even the seven, seven countries seven. Yep. in a classic game. Yep. Particularly around about here's the key challenges, here's who you need to make friends with in the short term, this is when you need to stab them, yep. this is who you need to play with as part of your long term game. Okay. And because this is 40 years old, I think this is actually like. It's so old. It's so it's old. No again. one knows this anymore. Uh, Maybe some, they do. There's some really good articles on the dip pouch. Maybe. Well, yeah, I'm sure there is. But there's a yes. But there's some things in this. I thought, oh, if I was playing a face-to-face game, I would probably bone up on a few key things to remember here around each of those powers. Yeah. Yep. I think within an online game, as we've talked about before, the online game's great. Love the online game. But it's a very different dynamic to the face-to-face game. And I think yes. the advice within this particular um, book is very much related to your face-to-face game particularly. Okay, so my least favourite power to play is Italy. Yes. Could you give a little bit of advice on how to improve well, Bjorn or John Freeman's advice around just, just a, a little snippet? Well, on. how about instead of doing that... I go get us some drinks. I'll go order some lunch. You sure you don't want anything? Yeah, no, I'm fine. Yep. Okay. And whilst I'm doing that, we'll pause the tape, obviously. Okay. I love how we say pause the tape, but it's all digital. But you have a quick read of the Italian strategy, which is only less than two pages. Yes. And by the time I get back, you can then tell the audience some key tidbits without giving away too much. Okay, yes. About yes, what you yes. thought. Okay, How's that all sound? right. Done. Done. Sounds good. Cool. Well, pause now. And we're back, folks. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Drink number same two. Same wine. Same wine. Same, same beer. Same beer. Okay, so I've just found a couple of passages. Um, unsurprisingly, Italy is everyone's unfavourite. It survived the early years purely on the sufferance of its neighbours. True. And then it goes on. Italy has two traditional courses of action. Fight France or fight Austria-Hungary. Yes. Although it's been years enough now to say that an attack on Italy is also kind of, uh, on Turkey is kind of <laughs> an attack on Italy. Attack on, no, on no, Italy. But, but an attack on attack on Turkey is also not an unexpected scenario either. You know the Lepanto. Yes. Back when this was written, the Lepanto is. Or, fairly, or um, you go to the Munich Chicken and go up to Tyrolia and straight into Munich in the um, autumn. Well, that obviously hasn't played enough, but it does talk about. It does well, talk about the. It, it touches on the Lepanto, doesn't it? Lepanto, um, where it says the immediate success of this largely dependent on Turkish ignorance, but if it works, Turkey will be crushed in 1903. Austria games far more than Italy, however, and even with the Guardian Army in Venice, Italy is extended in a hopelessly indefensible. It's hopelessly extended in hopeless is 
extended in hopelessly indefensible exterior lines. And he had one beer, haven't he? Yeah. Um, If Russia can be diverted north-westward, which requires no great effort of persuasion, Italy is not strong enough to resist an Austrian offensive. So, the long story short is, if you got Italy, you're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I guess, I guess, I mean, you've got... You've got peripheral influence, hey. I mean, if you're Italy, you, you can choose France, Austria, Turkey as your immediate attackers. Or, as you were saying with the uh, Munich chicken, yep. Germany. Yep. It was um, the Alpine chicken. Alpine chicken. Alpine chicken, yeah. Um, the Alpine chicken and the Lepanto basically do leave Italy open. Uh, so you'd really want a good Austrian relationship on either one of those. Um, ideally, you do a Lepanto or the Alpine chicken if Russia gets involved in the Balkans. Yeah, I think that would be a, that, that's that's the key secret. Maybe if if you did the Alpine chicken, you need to really kind of draw the whole Russia coming down south and having yeah. some type of conflict, whether that's a conflict against Turkey, whether it's a conflict against Austria, presumably against Austria. Yeah, because you want Austria really. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're you aiming for. Yeah, ultimately. Um, but the interesting thing about this particular book that I felt was that was interesting was the fact that it talked around. Okay, you need to kind of partner with these people, but you need to be wary about not making them grow too much. And this is what your strategy then is to kind of try to circumnavigate that. Yeah, some of that metagame stuff around yeah. outside of the specific. Um, and look, powers we all know. Not really all know. We're, we're talking from experience of playing oh, three oh, face-to-face oh. games recently. <laughs> um, you know, obviously the nature of the game depends a lot on the individuals yes and you can have that great strategy in play and just throw it out the window if you know that you could faithfully rely on someone else you've got the confidence they're not going to stab you and that yeah you got to make that judgment and that's that is i I think that is easier in a face-to-face format than in the online environment because there are mate online you've been having a few problems of late haven't you are you, still, are you only playing one game or two games tonight? I've got two games going at the moment. Whoa, jeez. No, no, yeah. Are you overcommitted? No. I think you're overcommitted. I kind of feel a little bit overcommitted. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the ones we're playing together. Um, I'm not sure, though. I joined up in the new uh, 1937 variant. Yes. Which has been released. Yeah, I'm in that one, too. Oh, you are? Yeah, but it's anonymous, so we've got to be very careful of how we talk about this one. Right. Um, and actually, I've got... <laughs> No idea around who any of the players are in in the game at full stop. So there could be schmucks. that could be you know yeah. awesome players. Let's just say I've not. I, I've, I've drawn a power that hasn't that doesn't start off with a lot of units. So already the game's kind of imbalanced. I, mean, I just like that it's an unrated game to start off with. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not doing too bad. Having said that, you know, I'm not in a disastrous situation. How about yourself? Uh, without giving too much away, again, I'm similar to yourself. I've actually drawn a relatively smaller power, but um, have tried to work through things. My immediate neighbours, one's been particularly cagey, mm-hmm. one has been quite forthright, but ended up being cagey, and in the last turn, did stuff that I consider to be slightly stabby. Ooh, okay. And yep. the other player, which I thought was not to be trusted, actually so far as being the most trustworthy. 
So I'm really flummoxed where I'm at at the moment. Right. Okay. But let's just talk about that map. But that map as a whole is interesting one. It's an interesting one. There was a lot of work that went into um, in the forum over quite a long while about trying to tweak the map, get it right. I personally, I mean, I was happy to play the map because I like playing a different new map every so often. Uh, I still feel this is highly, highly imbalanced because you've got some players on the board that have got, you know, bugger all position. Um, I'll take poor Mexico to start off with, right? Mexico is pretty much screwed from the US. There's not, there's not a lot that Mexico can do without getting smashed. Well, Mexico can only really survive in this game by just... The sufferance of the US. Yeah, playing to playing the, US the US and US doing whatever they have to do and say, I'll be your bitch, and then just waiting for the right moment to, to stab them in the back. Um, but a savvy US player will probably just get rid of Mexico's quick smart really and I mean I, okay no no maybe not maybe there's value in having a having a like a little lapdog there that you can control but I mean it doesn't make a very fun game for Mexico does it no it doesn't no. so like you know I think there's there's certain limiting factors with a number of these things okay Mexico you obviously just you, you're in a really fucked position because of, of America there um, so this is meant to be World War 2 right well, no, yeah, we've got powers a, like Brazil. We've got powers like well, no, no, no. But Brazil, Brazil. Okay, so Brazil is interesting because it, it's technically Brazil, although it's meant to simulate again poorly um, the oh, Portugal, Portu- the Portuguese yeah, yeah, interests. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, obviously, Portugal originally uh, colonised Brazil, yeah. but Brazil by now was well and truly independent of Portugal. Portugal um, was no means of and, world power. I, I kind of felt that. Look, from my point of view, I reckon, and, and there's some there's there's that there's that that's inaccurate. Okay, you know what I'm like, Kana. I'm a bit of a history nerd. I like things to be correct historically, or alternatively, um, incredibly alternate and clearly alternate. And this is this is kind of blurring the lines. I don't think it's really, it's really right. Neither is it. See, I mean, look, I, I think actually you should actually, technically I would have actually combined Holland and Belgium and called them like a, a low countries, countries alliance. Yeah where then Holland would then control Indonesia and the SCs down there. Belgium, because of its relationship in the Congo, should control the Congo. I have no idea, but the Brits are in the Congo for this game. It doesn't make sense. Much the same way that the French are in Argentina and the Brits are in Peru. Historically, this is just bullshit. Yeah, you'd think the Brits would be up in one of these um, Caribbean things at the... These little mines. Yeah, the West Indies, man. They're playing the cricket and smoking dope, man. The pot. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, it, and the thing is, like, Britain's vastly overpowered in this particular variant. Regardless of. Oh, Britain any is. Trial Britain, of, of Britain is just so OP, on. it's not funny. Um, so, look, Michael B. Oh, Michael hyphen. Oh, yeah, Germany's, Germany's, Germany's got in, no colonies. Germany's got no colonies because obviously it lost them all after World War One. But it's actually got a, a, a shitload of, of neutrals around it within Eastern and Central Europe. Yeah, it can I'll kind of come But but look, look, Michael underscore B um, put the map together. We've got to respect his work. Um, there's some things in this in this map that I find really kind of interesting. I'm keen to see how it pans out. Well, you've got, you got the you got the Americans with armies in Midway Island and Wake Island but obviously they can't move anywhere there's no interconnectedness unless of course you happen to get a fleet to convoy them 
so I'm interested to see how that gameplay goes. I think actually that that's really smart and that's really clever because otherwise it would give too much of a forward projecting power to America against Japan. This way it actually sets them up as being a defensive position, which I think is really, really clever. So I, I, mm. I tip my, my virtual hat to Michael B on that. But some of the other stuff I'm not a great fan of. I joined the game to get give a new game or particularly a new variant developer support but also just to see how it pans out because that's the whole point of these games you know we can kind of objectively look at this this map as a quote-unquote expert or a quote-unquote variant developer we've done in the past and provide our you know independent views of things but it's not until you actually kind of get involved and play a game that you go yeah okay this worked out the way I expected it to but this stuff didn't I, I, I would like to know the history of this particular variant, whether or not... See, sometimes sometimes variants get uploaded into the variant bank, or yeah. wherever, right, as a work in progress. Yeah. But they can be sometimes taken as being the final version and encoded as a final version. Yeah. So I do wonder if this was like, okay, I've gone through four iterations of this, this is where I kind of think this is where it's at. And then Michael B's disappeared off the face of the planet for whatever reason. Later and on. Techno stars later on and gone, oh yeah, this looks like a pretty cool thing. I'll code it and just see what it kind of looks like. I, I do wonder if that's a, this situation that we find ourselves in. Maybe, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's what happened in, the, in uh, a variant I coded, um, World War 2020. Yeah. Yeah, which is like 15 powers on a you know, very simplistic world map. Is it? Powers on I thought it was only five players. Is that the one where like you only have one SC each? Yes. Yeah. That's only about no, it's like five or seven players. No, it's more than that. It's like North America, Europe, Asia. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Penguins. Um, and that was found just at a, as a random map kind of map. So it had been truncated and been played a couple of times, and then just disappeared as a as a development of variants. And then I I grabbed it, put it into coded it as a hey, this was something that people were looking at, putting it out there. And the variant creator actually contacted me and said, oh, thanks very much, I've totally forgotten that I've been doing that. <laughs> you know, so I, I do wonder if this, was, if this is something along those lines. Anyway, as I was saying. So, A World at War, 1937, early days yet. I'm interested, though, with... Actually, the one thing I like about this that I think is going to be interesting is the... Um, the positioning of the various sea territories it's very different in the sea territory positioning to your typical global map there's a lot yeah, more territories really, really and the interconnectedness divisions. i think yep. yeah the divisions between them is quite unique so one that, of the areas that really jumps out at me um is this malacca strait gulf oh. of thailand scenario going on here yeah whereas the malacca strait actually borders on burma phuket Malaysia, Singapore, Borneo and Sumatra, right? Whereas in a lot of world maps that you noted that you that I'm aware of, that particular strait is sort of subdivided into two. So you've got the Adaman Sea and you've got the it's this area around Singapore which is split up. In this map that that particular sea territory becomes quite a powerful space to control, especially given that it uh, adjacent also to the um, to the Bengal Sea, um, uh, Bay of Bengal, Northeast Indian Ocean, Java Sea. Yep. Um, and you can see what on uh, in the Gulf of Thailand, and you can see 
the thinking that's gone on behind that to make Singapore a pivot point. Mm-hmm. Whereas Singapore in many world maps isn't quite the same value of pivot. Does that make sense? No, no that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, on my um, high horse again, historically, hmm. I do find it odd that uh, Victoria has seceded from the rest of Australia for and become reason. neutral. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the, uh, the New Zealanders no longer care for the British Empire and become neutral as well. Yes. Anyway, I mean, yeah, we'll just see how this one plays out. So it's a new variant that's out there. Um, it's attracted quite a bit of discussion in the forums. About oh, and that. we should actually say this is on V Diplomacy. Uh, it's on V Diplomacy. Obviously, because most of the variants tend to be there, but, you know. We, we've been actually really kind of just moving around this conversation today, Kana, so uh, we probably need to um, apologise to the yeah, listeners yeah, yeah, yeah. for just, you know... Bouncing around. Bouncing around a little bit. Um... So when we're talking about what's the diplomacy, on? there's been some changes over there also lately, hasn't there, with the uh, the Hall of Fame? Yeah, and a total different, like there's, well, there's a, a, a different layout to how the how to, how to navigate. The, there's a whole heap of different search functions. Yeah, so they put it across all the stuff, so the main code from WebDip, is that right? That's right, yes. Uh, so WebDip's made some updates and it's come across to VDIP. Yep. My thing which I'm, I'm just I, I am absolutely wrapped about is the Hall of Fame is that because now you're in the top 100 no I'm still not in either of those Hall of Fames <laughs> but but what the what, what Ollie's just so just he, he's listened to people like us bitching like us bitching and moaning um, and he's he's made an active list so there's like a all time list there's an for people time. who have dropped out and no longer play anymore Yes, um, and there's an active list. So people who have been active in the last six months are on that. If you haven't been active in the last six months, your name drops off that list. But if you come back, your name jumps back onto that list. So when you works. say active, you have to be playing. You can't just be like turn up at the server, have a look around. Yeah, you have to off. be in a game. Yeah, that's good. I think that's 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 a that's a good thing because I think the risk with there was you'd have you know maybe the players who are well positioned in the uh, overall list just turn up and go yep I've turned up done my job gone back in the list every six months yeah. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. no 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 you have to actually be involved in the game so I mean it's a nice piece of work actually you tell you what we should do we should revisit the um, the top 100 Hall of Fame sure we're going to kick it off now top 20 top 20 it is alright so the, the, this is the well new done. six month one so roughhouse 8 well um, done roughhouse particularly seeing you've um Offered to leave the site a number of times, but you're still there, hang, still hanging strong. And now you're number one on the. And now uh, you're number one, so you know it, yep. persistence pays off. Um, double O Matthew two thousand. Uh, number three Bozo. Oh yeah, should people say number shouldn't they? Number four Drano zero one nine. Good old Drano. Haven't seen him for ages. I haven't played him for ages. He's obviously active. Though. He's obviously very active. Doing better than me. Well done, Drano. Uh, number five, Retilian, who I thought had left the site for a bit, but is obviously there you know, you go. a bit. Number six, G-Man. Number seven, Shah. Okay, so, so with Shah, I, don't, I can't remember when I've... I don't think I've ever played Shah, or if I have, it's been so long ago. I'm sure you must have. Um, I'll just pull up his uh, profile for later. We'll have a look at that. Okay. Uh, number eight, Mercy. Number nine, Hunsiage. So many players here that I know are really well-placed players. I can't remember playing them. Uh, number 10, Mapu. Maybe just come too drunk already. Um, number 11, Slypups. Number 12, Bagateur. 13, Ingibot. 
14, Jolly Cream. Jolly Cream. Great name. <laughs> number 15, D-Ice. Uh, number 16, Technostar. Technostar. Are hey, you jumping right up there, buddy? Yeah, good job, Technostar. Number 17, Tassa. Number 18, Mouse. Number 19, Seagas? Seagas? Yeah. Number 20, Eki 83. Let's stop there. Yeah, yeah. Are you on that yet, Ambi? Are you? You yeah, are. You're on number yeah. 60. Well done. And I'm at 166. 166. Poor Kana 406. Uh, <laughs> but it's been a good change. It's been a good change. It's it's um, it's great. Um, so what other things? Any other um online stuff we want to talk about? Some other conversations in the in the forum or anything like that? Oh, look, there's a bit of discussion in the forum around uh, the value or relative merits between uh, the sea lanes concept and the and, and the, the stacking of units in an ocean territory to break it? up uh, sort of stalemate lines and sea territories. Sorry, stacking as opposed to sea lanes. Well, I guess there's no real reason why you couldn't have really both. In a, and when in you say stacking, first off, let me, I don't quite understand. For the listener, I, I have in my own mind what I think stacking is. Can you explain what that is? So the way that it's been explained to me is you've got a sea territory, let's call it the Atlantic Ocean. And within the whole that, Atlantic Ocean? It's, just, oh, it's, a, it's an ocean territory. And, and within that ocean territory, there's actually... Um, so, you know, like 11 slots or 7 slots or however many slots in that ocean territory. Oh, so this is like a massive territory. It's a massive territory. Right, yeah. okay. And this so, is this, this, so I was taking the piss earlier on when thinking of the Atlantic Ocean gig. Nice one, Kana. You know, can't you be more prescriptive? Like the, you know, no, I was actually meaning, you know, the Atlantic Ocean. The whole Atlantic Ocean, ocean. right? So, and that Atlantic Ocean region is adjacent to various sea territories like, say... Um, Caribbean. Uh, yeah, the Caribbean. Caribbean. Uh, the Caribbean. Oh, I suppose actually our American listeners would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Our English I, I, listeners I, I, would agree with yeah. me. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. Do the English people say Caribbean? Caribbean. Or ca- Caribbean. Caribbean. Is it just Australians that say Caribbean? Caribbean. I don't know. Keep moving on. Keep going. Good question. Um, anyway, so so your sea terri- like your sea territories are adjacent to the actual land territories. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but your sea territories are adjacent to this stacked, large stacked province called the Atlantic Ocean, right? Right. And in that Atlantic Ocean, there might be, you know, I just threw out like 11 spots which you can stack your units. So let's say you're becoming a... In an effort to prevent um, stale lines from occurring, you know, up to, up to 11 players could have... An individual unit in each of those boxes, stacked boxes inside the ocean, right territory, and each of those stacked boxes are adjacent to each other. Yes. So they're adjacent to all of them. Yes. Yeah, so, so if you've got eleven so boxes, Atlantic, they're all Atlantic adjacent to box each other. One is adjacent to Atlantic box two, three, four, five, and six. Okay. But Atlantic yep. box one is still adjacent to Atlantic box five. Yes. Okay. But it's a way of dealing with, and I actually quite like the solution in many ways, in that 
you know, say Germany could let's 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 drop it down to say seven seven um, boxes within the Atlantic Sea territory. Right. Yeah. So let's say Germany wants to get into uh, North America, right? Right. Germany could stack four fleets into the Atlantic Ocean territory. Yeah. And use those four fleets to force a a, a, a fleet into. Um, New York City. New York City sea territory. So. Right. right. Sea territory or into the land? Oh, into the sea territory. That's the adjacent yeah, sea territory. So, so um, um, sea, uh, eastern seaboard. Yeah, into the eastern seaboard somewhere. And any one of those could actually act as the convoy whilst... So let's say number ocean zone number two could be the, a convoy unit whilst ocean zone one, three and four provide support for that fleet that's sitting in the Atlantic Seaboard, the Eastern Seaboard in the US. Okay. I've taken a little photo of Kana's doodling. So, in other words, it's a territory that's kind of been subdivided into theoretical multiple territories. It's like the... Like sea lanes. Yeah. Yeah. And you just kind of create the connections between them all. So, it comes down to then you've got... Have you got enough power within that stacked sea zone to support fleets or convoys across. So you can have theoretically, let's say for example, you've got your seven boxes within your Atlantic sea zone, okay? Yep. But there's only, maybe you're the only one, you're Germany and you've only got one, one in there. So you don't need to worry about that. Yep. You only have to worry about normal standard um, gameplay. If you're trying to get someone into Eastern Seaboard of America, if there's already one there, it's an American unit in the Eastern Seaboard, too bad, so sad. But if you manage to get two two into the um, the sea zone, or the zone the, here, uh, the, the ocean zone, you can yep. then dislodge American, sorry, Eastern Seaboard. Yes. Right. Yep. But if America had one also in the zone, supporting Eastern Seaboard, yep. Then you obviously need to put another again. unit back into the so ocean. So you need to have three German units. Yes, or, have, or have, um, you know, one of many sea zones on the um, on the eastern Atlantic seaboard, European seaboard, yeah. you know, cut support at the at American fleet in the ocean sea zone five, say, just to cut that support, which will allow you to... Does that make sense? Yeah, so in other words, let's say um, Germany has a fleet in the Norwegian Sea and it could particularly target and take out the American fleet in Atlantic Sea Zone 4 to cut support. So it cut its support then to Eastern Seaboard. I know this is getting very, very confusing, but... Anyway, yeah, uh, I think but, I, I think that, that's essentially it. You know, I mean, you can stack a whole heap of units within an within a zone which is adjacent to all the other zones. You know, um, okay. I'll just pull up uh, an example of where this is kind of going. Is the Dawn of Enlightenment by um, David E. Cohen? Oh, he's a good um, developer. He's an excellent developer. He's got he's got some of my favourite um, variants, which have been. Oh my god, this map! I've developed. seen this map before. This is just like. Oh, it's, it's massive. You're 100 percent correct, Kana. Look at it. I haven't seen that before. So just letting this. Uh, okay, so viewers, so listeners, I mean, not viewers. Um, yeah, so there's 
We'll create a link. Make sure you send me the link through this, Kana. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But it kind of shows visually where this map uses this sea zone. Sea zone? Stacked. Uh, uh, stacked ocean zone. Ocean, ocean zone, zone yeah, yeah. yeah. Concept. Yeah. Interesting. So you see how that's that's kind of working? Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not bringing me the full This map. is This uh, is intriguing. Um but it, yeah, yeah. So what I was saying is, is the Atlant- North Atlantic zone has one, two, two three, three, four, five, five six, six, seven areas, which are all adjacent to each other. So and zone all one, adjacent two, three, to the territories adjacent around it, to the sea territories around it. Um, so it's adjacent to the Gulf of Saint Lawrence, Lawrence, the Antillean Sea, Sea of Bellum, and the Sea of. Penabuco. And then whatever else is over here on the European on the area. Side, there looks to be like the sea territory Greenland, the Greenland sea. sea. And likewise, what's happening over in the Pacific Ocean as well. So, ah. This is intriguing. This is really interesting. Where's this variant up to? Because this has been kicking around for ages, conversation around this one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the last I really looked at this particular variant was that there was like almost going to be an infinite amount of, well, any... Sorry, not infinite amount, but any power could move a fleet into the ocean. Right. Yeah, which obviously would have made... Um, but you could only have one fleet in that ocean per power, which would have made a real problematic coding issue. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like he's... he's I think he's developed this way so it can be translated into PHP. Now, am I correct in thinking that David E. Cohen is also the guy that did Known World 901? He did, yes. He's also done a few others. Yep. So, David, I love your work, except I shit at every single time I play your variant. Always lose. Uh, so he's, <laughs> he's done the Known World 901. He's done the East Indies. He's done the Western World 901. He's done the Spice Islands. He did Maharaja. He's done the Mandate of Heaven, Conquest of the Americas. Wow. And the reason, and I have looked at the Mandate of Heaven and I have looked at the Conquest of Americas variants, and the reason is that there's some special rules around that, those both variants, which would make it difficult to um, to translate into PHP, not least of which is the stacking rules. Uh-huh. Yeah. Conquest of the Americas, isn't that just a... Does that just come to VDIP or is it just about to come to VDIP? Or is that over at Playdip? No, it's a Playdip. That's a Playdip one. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's only just started... I think they're doing that one as a... I can't remember if it's done as a... Um, I think it's been done as a forum game. Okay. I've, se- I've seen talk about it. Well, we'll have to chase that up and see what's happening there. Yeah, yeah. if I paid more attention, I'd be all right with that. Anyway, look... The reason we, this, this came up is that it's a different way of dealing with uh, the idea that in these, especially with these larger world maps, that the sea territories get uh, stalemated really quite easily. Yep. And it's really difficult, if not impossible, to break through. So based, both this, um, this stacked ocean territory uh, solution and the sea lane solution have been developed to to address this issue, and they're both equally valid. Yeah, um, I guess I guess I forget how we even got onto this. Oh yeah, there was some discussion around which one was better and blah blah blah. But I just think that you know, if you, if you were to, you could conceivably have 
both of them. You can yeah. have sea territories and stacking ocean territories working on the same map if you particularly wanted it to occur. Well, you could, yeah, but you I reckon could. this... I mean, it's worth obviously just seeing how that as a concept stands alone before considering alternatives. It's, um, it's intriguing. I, I'm really keen to see how that one um, works out. It's a, it's a, it's a very interesting development to the game. Yeah, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um. So, that's that one done. Oh, my lunch is ready. Let's pause. Pause. Oh, folks, we are back. Um, Kane is picking up my phone, thinking it's something. It's mine, and we've had we actually um had a bit of discussion there. But we have been offline um, for quite a while, having a bit of a chat. Around yeah, my divided states game. United states. Um, and and my current plan and strategy uh, on that one. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a fascinating board, but we won't go any further into it because at this stage of the game, um, we'd be giving away who's who. That's why we just wanted to have an off-the-board, off-the-record uh, chat about what was going on there. Because seriously... I can. I am still growing. I, I do love this variant, and um, I love it more and more each time I really look at it. So that's... Um, <laughs> you should play it. I, I, and hopefully I actually, not get knocked out in the first couple of rounds. I, I did sign up for a... Um, oh, did you, did you join for, up that... that for, the, for, is, for that the, is that the fun boat game? Fun boat, The yeah. fun boat, exciting that's, and new. That's, that's, yeah, that's the love boat song. Did um, you know my sister was conceived on a love boat? Your sister was conceived on a love boat. On the love boat. On the love boat. The love boat. The love boat. So the 1970s show with the love boat, exciting and new. You know, the TV show? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Not personally. I don't no, think I've ever watched it, me. but I've, 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 I've literally, I'm my, literally, my parents have said that she was conceived on that boat. So that was all on that specific. That was a little bit, boat. a little bit too much information, and probably I've shared a little bit too much information with the listeners. Okay, because it was going go around. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. There you go. There you go. <laughs> might, might edit that one out. <laughs> no, don't worry. Oh, you can tell when we've been drinking too much. How many how many drinks are we on now? Is it three or four? Three, three and a half, four. I've got to be careful because I did say to um, Mrs. Amby and Amby Jr. that I would help him with his uni assignment and um, <laughs> that's not looking good at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, looks like he's going to have to figure it out himself, maybe. <laughs> um, hey, so a couple of other things going up, coming yeah. up, yeah, coming up, up, coming up. Was that there was a suggestion made. Mm-hmm. Um to us that perhaps a a game could be played online I mean the suggestion was it was a World War 4 game no. but I don't see how that's going to work but maybe a smaller game played online where um, you know the players Skype into us once a week and just tell us how they're going or but but it's, it's recorded so they're, they're able to have a discussion with us over where they see things are going on the board maybe send some like press to other people and it just gets um, recorded and, ex- and, 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 and and put out there as part of this podcast. So I'm, it would be a non-anonymous game, obviously. It would have to be... Well, not necessarily. Like well, if you, couldn't you have and people I aren't talk- playing... Yeah, but you can't have people talking... Well, I suppose we, we do it currently now. We're talking about anonymous games but not trying to give too much away. Um, yeah, no, no. Players join up to a game. Right with the express purpose of checking in with one of us 
um, on a, I don't know, weekly or fortnightly basis and sort of updating us on how they think things are going. Doesn't really matter what... Yeah, so they could say, oh, I'm Turkey and not give us the names of who's playing Turkey. I'm happy for you to organise this. Well, I'm just, I'm just putting it out. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, um, like we get together, what, once a month? Once a month? Yeah, for, for, for probably need to be more often. Um, probably need to be, maybe need to be more often. Actually, well, honestly, sure. um, to be with with the amount of interviews we've got coming up soon, we've got a fuckload of interviews. So we'll, we'll have to. Yeah, well, we I mean, might we'll have to go to every fortnightly. second week or yeah. third week. Yeah, and I'm happy to do that. You know, I'm here twisting my rubber arm to you know have a beer, but you know, I'm, that, I'm pleased to hear that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly a wowser. So, but what I'm saying, right? Is even if it was at a, at a fortnightly pace, you're whacking the table again. I am whacking the table. <laughs> even if even if it was at a fortnightly pace, would that be fast enough for an online game? Where because I, yeah. I, I get what's being said, you know, it'd be really fascinating to um, hear players give uh, feedback around a game that's ongoing. Yep. But whether or not we can um, cater to that on a fortnightly basis or at, at the speed of online gaming whether or not that's, that, that, that's something that can be achieved um, I don't know I reckon it's the type of thing that would lend itself more towards a face to face game like if you recorded people and just laid like a, a gradual um, release of the info as it progresses like a storyline no, that, 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 that's a cool idea, and that's, a, that's, a, that's an idea on, a, on another tangent, you know, the idea that oh, we put okay. a microphone on every player in a face-to-face game. As they talk about their stabbing stuff, yeah. Yeah, you know, and just recording everyone's conversations would be really fun and just release that as a, you know, in stages. You know, it might be a, a six-hour game. And it releases over, you know, you might release half, like, like 15, 20 minutes of it. No, you really, you really season to season. It'd be like separate episodes each season. Like, yeah, and you do it over a period of time. Spring, like, like autumn, a, like spring, a, autumn. Yeah, I don't know, like the, fan, the Phantom comic strip. You know, you get a, the story in slow snippets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be really fun. I'm just trying to figure out how you do that on an online kind of... Um, scenario. Because I do like the idea of getting feedback as a game progresses online I'm just not sure if the timing would work out mm. no. yeah the, within the online community there seems to be a bit of it. it's hard to get enough people to come together like we've been trying for ages to get this newspaper game Google Translate game one or the other up and running it's like well, I was just know, hoping someone. Would, happening. Yeah, I mean, if, if I didn't jump, no, honestly, I was kind of hoping someone would jump in and organise that. Yeah, but this, is, this comes back to the same that. thing. Like, yeah. if you if, if you kind of don't, okay, if you don't do it yourself, I, if, if nobody yeah. does it, it's not going to happen. If someone does it, great, it's going to happen. Yeah. And if that happens to be you because you really want it to happen, well, that's the only way it's going to happen, isn't it? If you want something to happen, do it yourself, kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Good, good point. Good point. I, how about you know, like, if there were seven people who were playing uh, a variant, seven players, 
and they agree to record their thoughts for dissemination each season. That could work. Oh yeah, it could work. That could work, you know, and then it just gets forwarded to us as an MP3 and we attach players' thoughts for the Stuff, season. Yeah. I think it would work better if it was, you know, non and non. But it's hard to know, but you'd have to have some type of delay factor, wouldn't you? Because they'd be talking... Well, I don't know, but like, think about your point of view. Like, if you're playing a game, hmm. would you want your opponents theoretically to listen what your current thoughts are? Just, yeah, yeah, well, you'd be... You'd, be, you'd have, you'd to, be, have, a, you'd have you'd to have some type of delay your, factor. You'd be talking about your current thoughts... But they'd be released, with what? With the purpose of actually influencing other players on... It just it like adds a as a adds a an oral um, an oral level to the internet interaction. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you reckon? Oh look, I think it's I think it's a really interesting idea. If if people are keen, I think we'd be happy to support it and get behind it and and facilitate aspects of it. I'm happy for Kane yeah. to step up and take some more responsibilities on these things. <laughs> so if you want to do that, more power to you. Okay. Um, I, 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 th- I think there's just questions that have been raised around that that just need to be nutted out before we kind of go, yes, let's do that. Because, no, okay. you know, I mean, it's a suggestion. It sounds like a fun idea. Can I go What do people off? think? That's, yeah. that's the question. Good idea. Yeah. Can I go slightly off topic? Yeah, go Have off. Have you seen topic. the most recent Game of Thrones episode? The real dark one. Like, like the one really, really, really filmed at night, dark one. Yeah. Really filmed yeah, at yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah what do you think? Okay, so Mrs. Kaner really, really, really wanted me to um, do a bit of film editing, and it was around that particular scene where. Um, you, and, you, you, you and Daenerys were fighting. Has fallen off. Has fallen off that dragon. Yeah, and, and, you're, dragon, and, you're, and you're protecting her. And the dragon has just been swamped by um, White Walkers. Oh yeah, yeah, and it starts flying and flies off, there's and there's the a whole heap of yeah, it's um, like all these White flies, Walkers yeah. falling off, right? Yep. And she goes, "Please, please, please, take that scene and put its raining men to it." <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, so I did, and it, it, it's actually really hilarious because you know the beat to "It's raining men," hallelujah. It, it, the, the, the White Walkers are falling to the ground at the same time as the beat of that. Have you have you uploaded this to YouTube or something? Oh, look, okay, so you should. Then we can upload it to I, the, I, the show I, notes. I, I really should. Um, actually, if we can embed it within the actual thingy. And and the reason I haven't is that my video editing software is. Um, it's free to use, but if you try to export it to anything else, it has a watermark on it, and the sound quality is not very good. No. It's got a beeping on it, but you know, I played in I played it in the um, in the video editor, and it's quite fun. Yeah. Anyway, Game of Thrones. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say because you've got some slight similarities to um, Jorah Mormont, how you felt about his scene. Well, so, so well, well, just, just, yep. just, okay. So, if you haven't listened to, if you haven't watched the episode, just you know, fast forward like a minute or two now, folks. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the honest truth. Yep. I stopped watching Game of Thrones when it overtook where the books were at. Oh, really? Yep. And uh, the reason being is that I, mean, I felt that 
the TV show was rushing events. Well, yes, I agree with it, that It one. went through a whole... Like, part of the enjoyment of it was watching the real human interaction in a, between dynasties, between humans. Yep. Play out in that, in that realm. Yep. And the second it overtook where the books were at, it became more... Uh, became more of a. It just felt more like a, like a blunt stick going. This is what's happening now. This is what's happening now. Hit me over the head. There was no real. It, it became more a, more more event driven rather than character driven. Yes. Yeah. And so so I, I lost interest at that point. Yeah. Okay. I mean I'm, I'm still aware of what's happening because my you know Mrs Kane keeps on telling me about what's happening, but I'm not invested in the TV show anymore. Actually, I think one of the uh, one of the guys that re- replied to playing the game in Brisbane said, "Look, he hasn't played diplomacy, but he's played like the the Game of Thrones game, obviously set when there was like the seven oh, the board game kings. Yeah, the board yep. game. Yep, I've got that by the way. I think you go. Yeah, so he's he kind of you know thought, oh, well, this is interesting. It might be a bit of fun, bit of similar similarities. So there you go. Um, well, yeah, apparently there are similarities, isn't mm. that? but it's um, there's a whole heap of other random stuff that goes on, cards and dice and whatnot. Yeah, that's where things, and that, that kind of gets into the, the Playboy game, you know what I mean? Where, or Playboy book, um, as opposed to Playboy game. So, where, where it's actually less, it kind of recognises the fact that diplomacy is all around your interactions with people. There's no random elements beyond the random elements of what an individual chooses inserts to order. Yeah. or chooses not to do. So yeah, I mean, there's luck involved. CD or something, yeah. To it, but not to the, not like luck as in rolling dice luck. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or a random draw of a card. And that's why yeah. I kind of noticed that, for example, there were some people who were like really pissed when I did the, the Pirates variant, where they what? had like they had the random element with the with the hurricane. Oh. So like you know, people were upset with that. Well, yeah, they were at the time because you know it was like a random element rather than just being hardcore. And I can understand that now. Oh. Okay, yeah, I can see how... Okay, hard, but it... But you're on a variant site. Yes, whacking the table again. I am whacking the table. You're on a variant site. The site's dedicated to variants. How... I'm just saying... Okay, alright. Hashtag just saying. Did you get get hate mail? No, I didn't get hate mail. Um, So, other things that have been going on. There was a recent... um, tweet that we retweeted on the Diplomacy Games um, Twitter account about an uh, IT billionaire who is apparently well known for his um, board game playing part of which was being an actual Diplomacy player Really? So it just goes to show that folks that if you play Diplomacy you can become a billionaire Uh, There might be a false correlation there Andy Yeah I don't know and uh, Chris Martin joined in to this particular thread and noted that the uh, the particular player in question, let me just kind of bring up his details here. Where is it? Fuck. Go back to my original thing here. Blah, uh, fuck. Sorry, sorry folks. Bits, bit of swearing happening action here. So the, um, the billionaire in question is Matt Colkins, who's an IT billionaire and um, has this massive wall of board games, which is really, really cool. And according to um, to Chris, uh, 
Matt actually came in the World Diplomacy Championships second in 2013, playing only two of three rounds. No way. Yeah. <laughs> How good is that? I, 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 I don't know... Okay, so we played three rounds in our recent competition. Oh, he said WBC, not WDC. What's the difference between BC and DC? Boston? Anyway, he's obviously done very, very well. Show me that photo of him with his boards. Yeah, I can do that. There you go. That's That's a pretty epic board game collection. Is that a diplomacy board that he's actually got on his... I don't know what it is. I don't think so. No. No, it's not. But he's got... He's got... That, that, that's a... I mean, honestly, that's a pretty epic collection. He's got everything from... Well, if you're a billionaire, uh, you can afford it. Battleline, so. Dixit... Um, I don't know about this. He's got Risk. I don't know about that. Risk, yeah. Uh, Parthion. Deep Space, got that one. Uh, Lord of the Rings, I have that one. Tigris and Euphrates, you ever played that one? No. I started playing that the other day with, a, with a, my board game group. Really interesting area control mechanics going on in that one. Um, Tribune, Lost Cities, what have they got? Conspiracy. So Conspiracy was... Is, no, it's not. Isn't that um, the, the app you play? Uh, yeah, that's an app version of the board game. Uh, there's a whole heap here. Britannica. I mean Britannia. You know, Britannia, Cityscape, Ocleses, Dragon Winds, San Marco, got that one. Uh, Blockus. Gettysburg. Alhambra, that's a good one. Have you ever played Alhambra? No. That's a good one too. I played Diplomacy. That's it? You don't play any other, you know? I play other card games just for the kids. Card games, Whist, hey? No, like, no, Shogun, Shogun's an interesting game. Shogun's got a really interesting mechanic on how to resolve battles. You pick it up and you drop it through a tower, and the tower's got different um, random holes in that. Uh, so each start again. You've got you've got this. Um, if you imagine a a big cylinder, like a, and in like that cylinder, plunk. There's four or five levels, and each level has different holes in that. But when you attack someone with Shogun, you pick up the armies of that territory that's being attacked and the armies that you're committing to that attack. Right. And then you drop it into this tower, and then it randomly, because of the different holes in each level, allows different colours to fall out at the bottom of the tower. Right. And what colours actually end up falling out of the tower is the result of that battle. So it randomises it. It randomises the results of battles in a really interesting manner. That's that, that, that it, I mean, it's still random, like rolling a dice, but yeah. it's random in a different fashion. Yeah. Anyway. Very good. Interesting. So we'll create a... Um we put up on the um, the Twitter account, but we'll, we will create a link in the um, uh, show notes to this particular article on Forbes around Matt Culkin. So it was pretty cool. Um, what else do you have on the list there, Kana? Anything else well, that you'd like to touch on? Do you reckon Mel Culkin sort of used diplomacy in the workplace at all? I don't know. We'd have to ask him. Have to ask him. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what's coming up on the horizon in Australia is we've got a federal election coming. 
Oh, yes. What's that? Less than two weeks away now. Have you voted yet? No, of course not. No. I, like, I, like, I always like to wait till the day. You vote on the day? Yep. Go get yourself your, your um, election sausage. Your election sausage. So for, 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 for listeners overseas, it's a Australian tradition for there to be a barbecue at the, at the election booth. Voting booth. Yeah, usually you know, run by not, the local not, school or community group or whatever like that. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting shagged by a sausage. That, that that's how it could be taken. Shagged by a sausage? What? What? You know, getting your local election day sausage. You know. I know what you're talking just, about. You know, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little bit, a little bit below the, below the, below the, below the belt here. Um, getting shagged by local politicians is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, there, there, based on our local politicians, I probably don't want to have this point here. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm thinking I might go vote early this time round, Andy. Let's get it over and done with. Yeah? Yeah. I don't like waiting in long queues. Hmm. Um, What's that got to do with diplomacy? Not a lot. Just local, not, not a bit lot. of local flavour. Just, just local Actually, talking flavor. about local flavour for our um, 90% American listeners... There is a particular um, candidate here in Australia who's a, um, uh, a self-purported billionaire, sound familiar, um, who, <laughs> who's, been who, who's also kind of who also doesn't kind of disclose his tax records. Tax records sound familiar. Um, uh, uh, make Australia great. Yeah, he has these, these signs everywhere saying "Make Australia great." Um, sound familiar. Sound familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and with like no real policies behind what he actually is going to do. That sound familiar. <laughs> so, so uh, cycle and repeat, maybe. <laughs> oh, mate, there's no way I'm going to vote for that fat man. I, I look at his billboards. And but if you notice his billboards were like taking a photo of him, like must have been like five years ago when he was like a hell of a lot thinner, and now he's just like at another, you know, <laughs> 50 pounds or like 100 pounds, probably at least. You see him on TV now, it's just like this like inflatable blimp. He's like the Goodyear blimp man. <laughs> Quick, attach a cord to him before he floats away <laughs> <laughs> on the Titanic. Anyway, um, well, yeah, but remember he was going to rebuild the Titanic. <laughs> he was, yes, he He's always suing people. Actually, we'll be quiet because he'll sue us. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've come to the end of this particular episode. I think we're pretty close to it. Also, we're out. Of, we're out of drinks and beers. And as I said before, I have to try to be a good father. Try to be a good try. father. Not come home as a drunken pissed newt. Anyway, I'm Kana. I am Ambie. And. Cheers. See you next time, guys. Bye.